You asked me to talk about women, right? But not many women have influenced me. The people who have influenced me have been men. And Vicky Arumugam was a major influence because he taught me, he opened my mind. And I think that's the best gift you can give anyone to you know, a young person. So he was a wonderful teacher. Actually, he was a lousy teacher in class. <laughs> because half the time he was sozzled. He, he was an alcoholic, so he would be drunk most of the time. He was quite old, but he, I loved him. I loved him so much, you know, because he was sort of the very person I needed in my life at that time to, you know, to open the door, to open the windows of my mind. You know. That's so heartwarming to hear. Yeah, well, I, I have been, I have to say that I have been, on the whole, I've known nasty people, of course, you know, but on the whole, I think I have been very lucky in that in the midst of nastiness and all that, there have always been people who have been there to help me out of a particular situation or showed me ways out. And I have to say this, that most of the time they are men. The men in my life generally, especially from my childhood, have generally been very kind. So in my stories sometimes, somebody has pointed out that I am very pro-patriarch because I don't have nasty men. There are of course nasty men in my stories. But in the, in the beginning, we, I, would, I would be writing stories where very often a woman in trouble would be helped out of a situation by a man. But it's not to do, it's got nothing to do with gender. So really, I have no time for this feminism and this woke culture kind of thing. It, it's got little to do with it. I don't hate women, but in the scheme of things, the way life is, it's a man's world. And if you are a woman, as I was, in a man's world, as I was in advertising, very often the people who are going to help you out of situations are the men. They are in a position to do so. Women will are good for, you know, providing you with a Kleenex and a tea, you know, <laughs> when you have problems, in my experience, right? It's the men who are going to give you the practical solutions. There was um, actually a man, I didn't know him very well, he was a client at the agency where I was and um, he could see that I was troubled. I was always having trouble with my co-workers because they thought I was arrogant. Maybe I was. But I have this way of thinking very quickly, you see. So before you can finish, I already know what you're going to say and I'm going to give you the answer because really I don't have the time to listen to you waffling and waffling, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> I was awful, I was awful. But so people didn't like me. But this man, this man, he was a medical doctor. He said to me, he said, Guat, he said, you must learn something. You can't fight all your own battles. You've got to find somebody who can help you find. So you need a champion. And very often in the working world, of course, in the kitchen, it might be a woman, it would be a different thing. But I have no time for kitchens. In the working world, it's usually men. It's usually men. So apologies to the feminists. No apologies, actually. I think it's a silly thing. It's a silly thing to divide the world into genders and, and make, make that the basis of your life. Gender equality? Yes. 
I don't think about it in terms of gender. If you're human, so I'm a humanist. So everyone deserves equal opportunities. But we can't be equal because we're not born equal. That is, we are not made equal. There's no way we can be equal. We can be given equal opportunities. That's the main thing. And from that, we will, we will take, make use of these opportunities and become what we are supposed to be. And what we are supposed to be is dictated, I don't believe in fate, but it's dictated by your genes and by your education, by your background and, you know, the language you speak and all that kind of thing. That's it. So equal opportunities. I don't believe in equality. It's something that never happens. It's not supposed to happen. If we were supposed to be equal, we would all be made like robots, no? We would have evolved like robots. And you know what? I think that's where we are going. To be robots? We are heading there with AI, artificial intelligence and so on. And we are we are moving to a different kind of industrial world. And there's some, some kind of faulty logic there, you know, Jasmine? <laughs> if we were going to be robots, why would we have to develop AI? Because it will be us. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we are not robots that we need to create robots. So you need to think about that. Since the turn of the century, the 1900s, and then the Industrial Revolution, we've been wanting to create more time for ourselves using machines to do the work. My, my great-grandfather, for example, I just did some digging in history, and he was uh, it comes from a background where his father used to make uh, horse carriages in oh, Penang. Right. And then they evolved at that turn of the century, 100 years ago, mm. at that turn of the century, they even had the Spanish flu or the Singapore fever. But I was just thinking a hundred years ago and they were going through a very similar kind of industrialization where it was from manual going to machines and then, you know, from horses to, to motor cars. And I was able to dig up some very interesting excerpts from newspapers and uh, stories, anecdotes. Then we think about us now, a hundred years later, and we think that we are so advanced. They were already thinking that they were advanced a hundred years ago. Well, at every stage, right, in life, it's like that, isn't it? I think so. And... As, as humans, we always think that we are already at that boundary where we have done so much. But there's so much more to come. I don't think so. I no? think we're, we're like scratching the bottom. You know, we're right at the starting point. We haven't gone very far, but progress has to happen, right? Because you know why? Because we're lazy. We'd rather not work if we didn't have to. Which I think is a great thing. You know, there's... It's more to life than just just working, you know. Unless you enjoy the work, then it's fun. Right? But if you're doing something and it's a chore, you know, just to put food on the table to stay alive, it's terrible. And so I I'm a great believer in progress in AI and things like that. If we can get robots to do the work, why not? Fantastic, because then we as human beings are free to do the kind of things we want to do. We can go and paint and draw, you know, and maybe there's a Marxist thought. I am Marxist. Yeah, that's it. You've got to free the mind to do the things that you want to do. 
No, I don't think I don't think we are going to be robots. I think the invention of robot will make us more more human. A lot of the inhumanity I think in in human beings comes from this competition for food, this need to survive. So you become inhuman. You be, you begin to feel that if somebody succeeds, you will somehow have less. This is the reason for all the prejudices and the you know the resentments that people feel. You know. Competition. So, the United States, for instance, they feel that if China does well, then you, the United States and the Western world must collapse. Like there's nothing left for them. It's it's such a sad, sad way to be. You know, it's much nicer to think, yeah, okay, it's, but it's a big world. If we work together, we can make make the pie bigger. I don't know. Maybe because people who think like that generally, when you think about it, the Americans, Australians, you know, and the Europeans and all that, many of them have migrant genes. They came from somewhere else to somewhere. So you see the same thing with say our diaspora Chinese. They're very competitive, and there is also my. If the Malays are going to get everything, we are going to have nothing. Such a silly, silly attitude to have, you know, because. We have more rich Chinese people in Malaysia than we have rich Malay people, right? Where the opportunities were there, the Chinese have made use of those opportunities. You cannot be equal. There is no way anyone can be equal with anyone else. Even twins are not equal. I I really like that thought that you've left us with, Guang. I think you're you're absolutely right in saying that、um, it's about having equal opportunities. And it's when you begin to want equal equality, which is something that doesn't exist. Actually, it does not exist. Identical twins are not equal. Have you thought of that? Then, inhumanity creeps in. In your behavior towards people, you become unkind. You want to bully people. You know, you want them to be like you. So if you're groveling in the dirt, you want them to grovel, grovel with you in the dirt. There's no way they can stand above you. No, you've got to come down to my level.、Mm. I find that pathetic. Again, there's an old Peranakan disdain. You know, I'd come disdainful of this. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I'm guilty of being superior to people. I think it's not superior. <laughs> It's as what you rightly said as well. It's the ability to see beyond emotions. I suppose, yeah. It's logic, you know, pure logic for me. Guang, thank you so very much for sharing such deep insights into how your mind ticks. People who have read your novels,、uh, short stories, would would love to know the person behind all these. Amazing stories that you've woven with a, another one coming up soon.、Uh, yeah. And if anybody wants to buy your book, they can email you at、yes. guateng seven seven at gmail dot com. G U A T E N G seven at gmail dot com. If people want digital, then I they have to swear on on their honor that they will not go and share my stories with everybody. But of course, they could do it. They could do it with books as well. They could just lend to their friends. I think we need to get your books into libraries. Yeah.、Mm. In well, Australia. Everywhere. But I, I honestly, I'm not a businesswoman. I write because I have to. 
because if I don't, things worry me, you know. So I've got to get it, work it out of my system. I honestly can't be bothered. The, the reason, do you know the reason why I publish it? It's so that I can get on, move on to the next one. Because if I don't publish those books, I will keep bothering about it. You know, if Echoes of Silence was still in manuscript form, I would still be working on it. So I've got to like publish it, put it out there so I cannot touch it anymore so that I can move on to work on my second novel and so on and so forth. That's the only reason I publish. So publishing is really like just closing the chapter. Yeah, so I can move on. Yeah, you're saying, okay, cake big. Can we have a hint on what you're working on next? Just an emotion. Mm. A hint. Well, no, I will tell you this, that it is, you know, echoes of silence. There's echoes of silence, then days of change. Days of change is actually a follow-up of echoes of silence. It's not, the, it's, it's the same kind of situation, but told by somebody else. This the third one is again the same situation. It's the same place. It's Ulubanir. It's more or less the same group of people, but the whole story is told by somebody else. So I have, if you like, a fixed fictional world, Ulubanir, and then I write around it. It'll probably be my last novel because I'm thinking I wanted to write a trilogy, mm. and you know. Not much time left or any much more to be content there, you know. At my back, I always hear time's winged chariots hurrying near. I'm going to... Re-